another episode of Destination Indie. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the wonderful and uh, amazing, as always, Kylia, the aficionado. Kylia, how are you doing today? Well, that was a lovely introduction. Thank you. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. Uh, this is surprisingly, considering the game that we're going to be talking about, I'm feeling very positive, and it might have something to do with the time that we're actually recording this, uh, but otherwise, I, I'm ready to jump into Sea of Solitude. How about you? Absolutely. This was a pretty amazing game. Um, there's a whole bunch of information that I know you've probably got, but uh, I figured I'd, I'd kind of let you take the lead on this because I know you want to talk about some stuff before we get into it. Okay. So, um, Sea of Solitude is a game that was from the studio Jomei Games, and publisher is EA, and the staff is 12 people. Um, the studio was founded in Berlin in 2009, but this particular game was part of the EA Originals in 2019, which is their indie initiative. Um, and then Cornelia Geppert, I, and I apologize if I'm saying her name correct, incorrectly, um, is the lead on this, and she mirrored many of her personal experiences with loneliness and depression to create this game. So I'm going to throw this out here now. This is your trigger warning. This game tackles some serious issues like bullying, depression, suicide, loneliness, philandering, and more. It's not for the faint of heart, and I would say it's not for children. There's swear words, heavy topics. Um, even when you start up the game, there's a disclaimer, and I actually copied and pasted this so that I can um, read it to you guys. So the disclaimer when you start the game up says this game contains sensitive topics that some may players may find distressing related to mental and emotional wellness. It is not intended to serve as professional advice or guidance. Sea of Solitude is a personal project about loneliness inspired by my own experiences and other real life stories. Kay's journey is about what it means to be human and to live with all of life's ups and downs. So yeah. now that I've thrown the serious stuff out there, um, do you want to kind of pick up from there or I can keep going? Yeah, so it uh, looks like this game was released on July 5th, 2019, which is actually the day before my birthday, uh, which ironic that this game came out in 2019, considering what 2020 was like for most of the world. Um, so I personally definitely took some time to actually jump into this because it was such a kind of going into it and knowing the premise i was kind of nervous to jump into that kind of a mindset of a game uh considering what 2020 was dealing with so uh the game pass date uh brought it to be available during the ea play initiative when that came to game pass i believe that was november 11th 2020 when the uh when the series x and s dropped or shortly beforehand i remember because it was right around the same time that uh death Destiny 2's expansion was coming out. Um, so that was a really, really nice time to get access to a lot of games on Game Pass. And as far as I know, this isn't something that's going to be taken off of Game Pass. Do you know by chance if if they're planning on taking any of the EA Play games off? Uh, no, not to my knowledge. That doesn't mean they aren't. I'm just not aware of it. Okay. Um, I would say that uh, if there were to be any sort of like hey we're gonna drop ea play that was fun we've done it for a year or anything like that then of course it would go away with that um but no I, i'm not aware of an exit date at this time for this game okay that's good that means hopefully folks are getting a chance to actually check this out and play it. i think this is probably one of my favorite indies that we've done to date uh next to um oh i'm blanking on the other one that we did what was the other c one that we did Call of the Sea. Call of the Sea. I feel like I'm kind of pegging myself into a corner here with the Sea Games. <laughs> sea of Thieves. <laughs> with the plural Sea Games. <laughs> Call of Sea, Sea of Solitude. I feel like I'm really kind of putting myself into a corner here unintentionally. Um, but sea yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really I'm loving it though. Uh, this this is game. This game was amazing. Um, if you're not familiar with Sea of Solitude uh, and you've got an idea of kind of the things to be aware of, uh, this is a 3D platformer um, with levels that are uh, continuous and attached. There's there's definitely um, chapters, and each chapter is uh, told in a story style narrative. So think of it like reading a book. You start at the beginning of the story, and when you end the game, you end the story. Uh, up into what Kay's journey is is uh, going to be. Um, I really like that. Uh, going into most indies, I think a lot of folks tend to think of more retro style games or very or heavily stylized. And while this one itself is stylized, I think the stylization is beautiful. This game looks so cool. It definitely works in its favor. 
It's, it's a stylization that fits what they're trying to do. This isn't a game that I think would have had the same impact if it was like an 8-bit. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know that a 2D side-scroller would have done it justice given the, the feel of the world because I, I don't think we'll get into too many spoilers for this. Should, should we just kind of put a little bit of a spoiler warning out there just to be able to talk to some of the things? Yeah, if you're possibly thinking about playing this, um, it may be to your benefit to play it first and then continue the podcast from this point. Yeah, just to get some context, because I, I would hate I would hate to have someone get ruined on this. And and I, I want to be able to talk about some of the things in this game um, that will come up, but I don't want that to be something that uh, ruins it for someone. So if you're if you're thinking about checking this out, definitely recommend put pause on this, you know, put a little star next to it, drop by when you're done playing it and you have all the feels and want to hear our thoughts on that. So with this, um, just a couple quick notes afterwards if you're still with us and listening this doesn't have a co-op it is a very much a a story told through the eyes uh of Kay as as she goes through this world uh to kind of uncover more about herself so it's one that if you plan on playing this definitely make sure you, you schedule out some time for yourself because you'll i i personally think it's better served when you can kind of play this through in one setting um and it's not too long of a game so you can actually uh kind of you know spend the spend a night on the weekend you know grab a grab a glass of wine some cheese sit down relax and kind of go through the story but uh did you want to pick up on the story uh, yeah, that's actually a perfect segue for me to kind of take over this. Yeah. Um, Kay is a young adult. Um, she's in her 20s, and she's struggling with depression and loneliness. And in this world in which you play Kay, if you feel like that, you become a monster, a literal monster. Um, so you work your way through this game, and you encounter the monsters of Kay's own. Um, as well as her brother, both her parents, her boyfriend. Everyone's got their own personal demons to fight with, and your goal is to help them overcome them and become human again. So as you begin the game, you're put into a level that you work your way through. You know, it's it's 3D platforming. It's, it's a big open world. Um, but you have to stay out of the water because there's a monster, uh, and the game calls it a whale, I'm guessing because of its tail. Um, that'll actually charge at you and eat you anytime that you're in the water for more than a few seconds. Um, this monster is the first one that you encounter, and in my opinion, is honestly one of the worst. She is mean. Um, yeah. You know, I would I would love to say that my life has always been a wonderful life, but it hasn't, and it gave me some pretty nasty flashbacks of things that I've had to deal with in my past because she's sitting there and and personally attacking Kay saying that she's terrible and these emotional scarring things like she only think of yourself you don't care what's going on with other people's lives you're selfish um and uh as you kind of like try to avoid her you end up finding a, a girl who seems to be made out of light and she helps you hold the monster at bay so that you can escape and move into another part of the level and that's your first experience of what you'll be seeing as you move through the game yeah the, this was something that coming into it without knowing too much um as soon as i got to the opening scene where you're in a, a little a little boat with a little motorboat and you're following going through the storm towards this light uh as soon as i saw the little girl of light i felt relieved because it wasn't all going to be fear and scariness and stuff because going into this game the the sea of solitude just the opening or the actual thumbnail just the the album artwork seems scary to me and i'm i don't know about you but i'm i'm not very good with scary games so as i'm kind of yeah <laughs> as i'm going around i definitely felt that the whale um was very much that kind of constant constant like fear of of self-doubt like feeling like i was just you know just completely being mean to yourself um but every time it would every time i got in the water it would immediately roar and charge towards you and try and eat you and i just had such a a, a really hard time with that up until later in the game and it wasn't until later in the game when i i did a little uh a trick that i actually started to kind of cope with it better because the amount of anxiety that it, it put me through almost almost turned me off to the game um but i wanted to kind of push through it because i i knew just based on the little girl of light that there had to be something positive to look forward to and at that point the 
the, the the mechanic of the game of chasing the light of following the light really was kind of me just doing whatever i could to get quickly from point a to point b to get away from the darkness so i could open up the world because once you once you kind of get the the girl of light and you kind of take care of the darkness for the time and you beat it back the whole world opens up and it's colorful and it's beautiful and you get to explore around and kind of shoo away these little seagulls and find these little messages in a bottle and it's it's such a beautiful world to live in that it's like that's what i want to spend time in and i just I know at some point it's going to go back to that darkness, to that storm and that that depression. And I was just constantly trying to get back to that that stage of happiness. And I related so much to Kay and how she felt uh, going through this until you start getting to some of the other monsters in the game and kind of realize what's going on. It's a really strong, intense cycle that the game puts you through, and I, I really, truly feel it's purposeful, where you're trying to escape whale, and you know what I mean? You hear that noise, and you, you, like, you just, you kind of, like, crunch up, like, oh my gosh, it's coming, and it, it, it like, elicits a severe anxiety. It's not just you. I had the same thing. Um, and then you, you get safe, and you feel better, and then you find the girl. And she puts her light up, and then it creates this like safe bubble for you to platform and and discover things and look around and that kind of thing without feeling like oh my gosh my foot touched the water and I'm gonna get eaten. Yeah. And and I I really do feel like that's a purposeful thing that they've done to kind of force you through that cycle of anxiety and loneliness and stress to reward you with um, hey you've made it through so here have a little bit of chill time before we move on to this again. So you, you bring up the bubble of light um, and, and kind of how that sets. Uh, did that mechanic um, salt or kind of sate your desire for what this game is? Because I'm looking at it at the moment, uh, less of the story, but as a game itself, um, do you think that they executed well on giving you an idea of like when you were safe and when you were uh, in danger? Yeah, I feel like it was very clear that they use very clear visual cues to to kind of elicit specific feelings from you. So in this game, I mean, this is a lot. I played this over the course of like three or four sessions, even though the game itself was only maybe six hours max. Yeah. Um, because it's it's an overwhelming experience um, that I had. And then when I got to the end and I wanted to write down my thoughts so that we could discuss it, even that I had to walk away from a couple of times because what you go through and what you experience and where your thoughts go while you're experiencing those things is not something that normally a game would cause you to feel yeah yeah um, but to, i oh, go sorry. ahead because i totally <laughs> evaded your question no no i i was um i no i think he answered it uh because i i i agree with you 100 percent. when it comes to mechanics with the light and the dark they did very clearly have indications on when you were safe when you were in danger um and and there were only a couple times where uh i felt like i wasn't sure if i was still safe but i knew that i was because i could tell where the game was uh taking me and i was okay with that because i i didn't feel like i was really in trouble um with this game, I, I wanted to kind of dive into some of the the monsters and some of the, the other actors in this story. Um, how much of that did you want to get into, uh, knowing that we're going to be talking a bit about the spoilers? Because they're so interesting to me. I think that this is going to be our, our break point. Like, if you were listening this far and you're thinking, you know what, I do think I want to play that, I would take a break now. Um, because I really do kind of like with what remains of Edith Finch, I really do feel like in order to give this game proper coverage, we do need to discuss kind of what happens and, yeah. and our experience with it. Yeah. And there's going to be things in here that are going to really kind of ruin it for you if you haven't played it. Because at, the, at this point, I want to dive into some of the actual scenarios and the characters and their stories. And if you, if you go into this blind, you're going to have revelations about the game that really do help, help you understand Kay's journey. And it's satisfying to not feel like you already know what's coming. Uh, so if, if if you are still listening and the spoilers beforehand didn't get you, I'm telling you right now, pause, go play the game, come back and join in 
with the the rest of the conversation. So that's the last warning I think I can I can really give before people just don't pay attention. They give up and they're like, just tell me already. So I wanted to dive into um, the first character that you meet beyond the girl in the shell and whale. Uh, who is actually going to be Sunny? Because Sunny was probably one of the saddest stories to me, but the one that affected me the least, I think. And I really thought that Sunny was going to be a bad character because when you see Sunny, um, Sunny is not the little brother that you have in the game. He's actually this giant crow or greckle in the world and as soon as i saw this monster of a creature i was like she says that that creature looks sad i think that creature's gonna eat her but i guess we'll, <laughs> we'll go figure that out together uh so i braved the water and i made it to sunny and that was when i realized i was like all of her family or at least her her, her little brother has turned to a monster in this world and she's struggling to understand herself but she's got a lot more to deal with now and it's just gonna get worse and worse from here on out um um, but Sunny's story really kind of hit me the hardest. And I, I just, I, I really wish I understood um, how the actual story about this went. Because I feel so bad if if there was a little boy that did get bullied in a school. But what did what were your feelings on Sunny coming into it? Well, let me preface this with the, uh, I've read some interviews with Cornelia. Oh, nice. And she had mentioned that um, the game had they had intentions to make this game bigger and to do more and like give options and that kind of thing. And I feel like it was better that she didn't because the way that the story plays out, I think, is the best possible scenario um, because the story of Sunny. I was the it is the first monster and the first story that's told to you outside of Kay's own in the game and they don't immediately tell you that it's her brother they yeah you're you're led to believe it's a younger friend of hers um and you know they go they walk to school together and they hang out and everything like that um and as you proceed through the story what it does is it kind of replays conversations between Kay and Sunny and Sunny is making an attempt to reach out to her to let her know you know I'm having a bad time in school like I really feel alone um I don't have any friends um you know I'm being bullied pretty badly by other kids and Kay is so caught up in her boyfriend and things going on with her life and funny memes that her friends are texting her that she's not really paying attention and over the course of, I guess, probably the first and second chapter, you continue to see this interaction between them and the fact that she's not really listening to what he says. And having been through that with people in my lives and having seen that in other lives, the first thought that came into my head is this kid's going to commit suicide. And that was such a powerful thought that as I played through those chapters involving Sunny, all I could think of is, no, please, please don't let this be the end of this part of the story. Please don't let it go to that place. And um, in the end, you are able to help Sunny get to a place where, where he's doing better and you can rescue him. And I'll let you kind of go more into your experience on that. But I, again, thinking of what Cornelia has said in her interviews and stuff that there were alternative options where you don't save people i just can't even fathom this game is so emotional and so touching and just really presses buttons and make you think thoughts that you don't want to go there i mean i can't even imagine how i would have handled that if they would have killed him yeah yeah i i, I wouldn't have wanted to play the game after that if that was the first experience i having sunny go through or because generally the way the gameplay is, is you tend to follow the light and wherever the light takes you, it'll take you to different areas. But as you're following it, the, those story elements do come through. And just listening to uh, the conversations, I kept thinking, I was like, oh, my God, she's so self-absorbed. She's so looking at what's going on in her own world that she's not paying attention. She's not actually listening to her little brother. And when you go through the school to try and chase after him, to try and help him, you realize that all of his friends aren't actually friends all the friends that she thinks he has because she I, I think at one point she even tells him she's like well why don't you go play with your friends and stop being such a baby and he's like you don't even yes. you don't even pay attention to me you're not even listening like they're not even the ones that i'm or that i want to be with and after she realizes this she has to deal with 
with the, the repercussions and she, you, you get escorted through this school and it's it's one of the the harder parts because all these kids are these like shadow creatures chasing after you and you have to use these points of light to uh disperse them to to get them to go away and hopefully get sunny in time so that you can actually and bear in mind there's no timer but you get you get to sunny in time to keep him from disappearing because every time like one of these creatures like cries it, it just raises the waters and it's just it, everything just goes to pot and i was just i i've had a i did a really good job of being able to disconnect myself emotionally from the things being said uh and in recognizing that everything that the characters are saying i shouldn't take personally so i was able to save myself the the stress and in the anxiety of dealing with the fact that everything that people that some of the uh the monsters are saying are actually things that probably would affect me if it was so if if i was saying it or if someone was saying it to me in real life um and just kind of focus on i need to help k and sunny at this point um but helping sunny was was really amazing because every time you think you're going to get to the point where you're going to help him he runs away and you have to chase after him and that's exactly what a kid would do a kid would would not want to be approached if they're feeling sad because they don't know how to really uh, deal with it. They don't know how to have a conversation with it. And and that's even a problem later in the game with other monsters. Um, and it's just a, it's an interesting aspect that her lack of communication pushed him to the point where he couldn't communicate back because he felt like he was shouting and not being heard. And it isn't until Kay actually realizes what's going on that she stops listening to herself and starts listening to others. And I think that was the starting point for her redemption in this whole story, how she overcome or overcame uh, all the things that she's dealing with, with everyone. Um, with that, uh, unless you have anything else you wanted to, to add, uh, Kylie, I was wanting to jump into the parents and their story. I do want to say that Kay's journey following Sunny and coming to the realizations that she did that she wasn't really listening to him and she wasn't really there for him like she should have been um, was one of the parts of this game that touched me the most. Between Kay's own personal journey that she goes through and the things that she deals with while working for these other people and trying to help them too, uh, between her personal journey and her, her realizations as she saved Sunny, I think those are the two things that really touched me the most. Yeah, yeah, it was really impactful to be able to have those kind of revelations so early on in the game, especially after the first few things that you do are have to deal with the whale. Because as soon as I was getting into the water, I was like, the, the one thing I didn't want to deal with was the whale. And I think I spent a lot of time in the world when it wasn't dark and dreary um just kind of bracing myself for that that inevitable push forward through the story uh to get to the point where you know i was gonna have to deal with the whale again um the the parents i think were so well done and really does kind of point out like a few flaws in in life in general but also just being a human being is not easy and watching the parents come through um after you help sunny you come across a, a monster in the water that is just a face and a bunch of like hairy tentacles and you start to kind of realize like the this this person has kind of had it like they're at the point of nervous breakdown and they they don't have anyone supporting them to be able to do anything and then after that you in talking with them for a little bit you come to realize like why that's the case and you you come to realize that this this monster is your mother and the father is this chameleon creature that's up on a uh, skyscraper a broken down size or a skyscraper who is you know pushing himself into work and not being available emotionally for his wife and a lot of it's because he's he's not in love with her anymore he's he feels like he's lost the the freedom to be able to do anything and he's he's just working for the sake of taking care of his family um meanwhile the mother is trying to hold together a marriage as well as raise kids and no one is taking care of her at that point because she's giving everything she has to everyone else um but with those kind of initial thoughts of mine of the the parents what did you think going into these uh these monsters a, a comment in regard to the monsters in general it's really interesting how each of them represents something different not only their stories but like a, a specific feeling mm -hmm. 
And I know you and I had briefly talked about that, but I definitely want to go back over that. Please. But um, I don't want to derail completely yet. <laughs> no, no, I, I think uh, you, I think you, I mean, if, if there's ever a time, I think, I think we've kind of introduced pretty much all of the, the monsters, uh, sans one, um, please dive into some of the, the, the emotions of what these monsters kind of represent. I played through the game and it wasn't until, I mean, I knew it was about loneliness and I knew it was about depression. But it wasn't until probably halfway through that I started to realize that these monsters, in addition to their stories and the reasons that they were monsters, actually represented something. And um, you don't see the girl in the shell very often compared to the other monsters, mm -hmm. but she she represents Kay's very own self-doubt. Um, Whale, the one that gives me serious anxiety even after finishing the game, um, she actually is is more along the lines of self-destructiveness. And, and each of these um, monsters demonstrates these in their actions as well, in addition to how they react to Kay and, and move along the story. I know you had some thoughts about the, the monsters of the parents and the little brother. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, like to me, the, the mother, um, it's, it's so interesting because it, it feels like she's also struggling from the same thing that Kay is is struggling with she's struggling with self-doubt doubt in her in her beauty in her in her uh worth as a as a woman as a person um given that her husband isn't giving her the attention or the love that she feels like she deserves um and she's also she's she's struggling to do whatever it takes to to try and make him happy and as a result she's pushing away her um pushing away her her children so I wish I had like a good a good word like one word description to describe what she is because I feel like she's a multitude of things whereas say like the father um the father definitely to me represents uh resentment um whereas Ooh, that's like, a good one. I feel like the mother is more fear um fear of I, losing I think everything fear and loneliness yeah yeah definitely like she has a family but she's definitely lonely whereas the father is very much resent resentfulness um he resents having to work so much he resents uh being asked uh so much of his uh, wife which is just to be present you know to to enjoy what they have and he resents getting into this into the situation where he has a family and he doesn't feel like he can be the the flirty um uh kind of casanova that he saw himself when he was younger and he resents that he's now older with responsibilities and he can't get away from them and he tries so hard, he tries to, to hide himself in everything that he does to keep himself from being in this this world where he has to be a father, he has to be a husband. And it's it's so interesting to see how they approach it because the, the stories themselves, to me, resonate really well. Like, uh, I, I can't see how most people can't see themselves in any one of these characters. They all represent humans and in, in the feelings that you feel throughout life all the time that really still feel very taboo. Um, you know, we, we try to talk about mental health and we try to talk about self self-worth and, uh, you know, taking care of yourself, feeling good about yourself. But I think everyone has these, these imposter syndromes or these, these, um, feelings of selfishness and when you when you don't feel like you're getting what you want you you tend to get angry and resentful and i see that in in myself as well as like the the father figure so that that character definitely made me really kind of have to stand up and think like okay what what am i doing am i being a good enough husband in my life um and and you know how does my wife see our relationship so like playing this game definitely gave me a sense of like you know i need to make sure that i'm i'm checking in on my wife from time to time and i I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about this aspect of not being a good father, but I do need to be uh, responsible. So it's it calls into question, which I think can be kind of scary for people that are looking to play this game. A lot of people don't want to tackle these things in a game, just like a lot of players, uh, gamers, you know, they talk about not wanting to deal with politics in their game, not wanting to deal with uh, real world issues and things like that. And this game kind of takes a lot of the the personal emotions that a lot of people probably have in the back of their mind, the the taboo topics that they don't want to address, they'd rather hide behind and shun away from with video games that really should be talked about, should be brought in the open and, and given a chance to accept that you're not perfect or that the feelings you feel are true and that maybe you need to take a moment to be strong enough to 
recognize that you should be doing better as a person for other people uh, besides just yourself. It's funny that you bring up the pandemic when we first started this uh, particular episode because I had wanted to play this a long time ago. And I felt like with everything going on with uh, some things that I had going on with my personal life as well as the pandemic, that it was just not the right time to involve myself in a game that deep dives like this so i'm glad i played it when i did but i'm also very glad i waited because last year was a lot for everyone um and i think that having to tackle some of these topics that are addressed in this game especially because i i think a lot of people will see portions of themselves in k and what she goes through and i think it it will really hit home for some people yeah yeah i can definitely agree with that um with moving into the rest of the story uh a lot of the time that Kay spends during this game is trying to better herself by helping others um, and being selfless, trying to be attentive of other people's emotions and trying to help them. And you do a fairly good job of that in the game as you kind of move through the story, as you're kind of coming to the realization that this world that you're in is the world that you actually, that Kay is actually in. It is her world, but in this this dimension that she's in where she's this creature and everyone else is this creature and it's not populated, um, she doesn't recognize or remember much of this. And as you get closer towards the end of the story between your parents and coming to what you think is going to be a happy ending is actually just a reconciliation of the fact that I don't honestly believe that this couple survives. Um, I feel like this couple ends up breaking up and they end up getting a divorce. Um, but you know, you see them at the end of this, this scenario and it really does kind of come down to this idea of like the father says that he loves the wife and her and the kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to stay with them and that he does want to leave. And I, and I, I still felt like that was up in in question for me. Did you think that they ended up staying together? I don't, I don't think so. I think that in the end, what Kay helped them come to is more of a like, we're better if we're apart, but I still care for you. I don't know if they necessarily stayed together. Um, And I'll be honest, I was not as, I mean, I felt, you know, what the parents were saying and, and their emotions and stressors were clearly defined, but it just didn't touch me the way that Sonny's story did or Mm -hmm. the boyfriend's. The boyfriend's was really rough on me because you don't get a conclusion you're just left to assume or think it through at the end on what you think might have happened yeah i'm i'm glad we had um the third variation of k which was the little girl in like the yellow coat because she i believe represents something akin to hope yeah and positivity and and i'm glad that we have her to balance the two negative iterations of k but then you get to the end and you're playing through the boyfriend story and the boyfriend is in a very similar situation to the brother he's trying to communicate to Kay and she's just not listening because she's so self-involved on everything that's going on with her and how she feels that his needs and his concerns aren't being met and then by the time she realizes that she needs to take some kind of action i i believe that the action and what she was saying to him were not the right things in that moment no no yeah i would i would agree it's it's interesting in this instance because in that in that situation and uh, b- before i jump into that actually i do want to say i i totally understand where you're coming from with how some some of the stories didn't hit but some of the stories did because uh growing up with my parents i i definitely saw these parents as my parents and it was like oh god you know it's it's times like this where part of me is kind of glad that i didn't have to see my parents go through a divorce um but I didn't have to see that because my father died before that happened. And to find out afterwards that my mother was not necessarily hoping that that would happen, but was dreading the the inevitability of their divorce and that my father's passing kind of stopped that from happening and her feeling better about that. It was it was like that was kind of a rough thing to have to go through in the back of my mind while I was playing through this, which is why I tried to detach myself so much to what was actually going on. Um, but getting jumping forward after we kind of deal with that, um, Jack, when I saw Jack uh, represented as the white wolf in this game, 
it was so it it was so beautiful to me because as Kay was trying to grip onto him, trying to glom onto him, um, not in in a in a bad way, but just as as like her using him as a way of being a bright light, as a as a beacon of hope for her in her dread. And seeing as soon as she touches him, that part of that chips away and you see that darkness underneath you're like this was a facade that he had when they met and she was using him as a beacon of light only to find out that he really was kind of rotten inside not like as a bad person but just hurting and damaged he was dealing with depression and he wasn't showing that to begin with if you listen to to the conversations that they have uh in in the early parts of the game she's enamored with him because of all the the funny interesting cool things that he's always doing and it's not until you get to the end of the story with jack that you see that veneer break away and that becomes a mechanic in the game where then you come across yourself with the girl who is light the light version of herself and that becomes corrupted because the joy that you were feeling is now tainted because the thing that should be protecting you from all this pain is the thing that is pushing you away and you have that self-doubt and then you just want to glom on even more and to keep what little bit of happiness you have close to you and it just hurts because the thing that she should be doing is giving him space but offering support and the thing that he should be doing is taking space but keeping her um keeping good communication with her and having her help if she can but not to the point where it's going to be a detriment to her own personal mental health um and it just really was such a it was such a, a heartbreaking moment because you're fighting against yourself to try and help this person that you love and he just ends up getting pushed or he just ends up pushing you away more and more to the point where she has to come to that realization that she's not going to get to be with him and it's not anything that she did wrong uh it's everything with how he presented himself at first only to come to the realization that he was just as damaged as she is and that they both needed help and they weren't able to help each other i don't think i could have put it better <laughs> well I, I would love to hear kind of your feelings on the actual gameplay of this in that case because i definitely had trouble with this part uh of the game so the game itself is not a difficult game it focuses more on your feelings and your interactions to what you're experiencing as you play through the game um when you do progress and platform through the game you're in these big huge areas and there's not a lot of guidance on what direction you're supposed to go with the exception of this like ball of light and you press a button, you shoot this ball of light up into the air and then it lands in the direction that you're supposed to go. Uh, along the way, there's multiple different kinds of collectibles that you can get. And then, um, you know, obviously if you get all the collectibles, you'll end up with some achievements at the end. And I feel like because, as you mentioned earlier, it's this one continuous world that although I never felt lost, as somebody who likes to find all the collectibles, um, there were definitely points in which while I was looking for the collectibles, I felt lost. More on the, I can't get to this point that I need to, or I know at one point I spent half an hour in chapter three. Hour? Like I spent a long time in chapter three trying to find the stupid seagulls and bottles. And because it's a continuous area, I ended up on some tangent like, you know, five miles away from anywhere that I needed to be. Mm -hmm. But the game never gave any indication of that. And I knew how to progress on to the next area, but it was important to me to be able to find these collectibles as I played through as well. And it was just not something that was happening and it got very frustrating same yeah yeah i felt the same way I, I spent a good portion of the original part of the game really trying to hunt down these uh seagulls and these bottles uh the messages in the bottles themselves it, it's not really explained but they are very much kind of k's uh inner thoughts or or, or journal entries and if you haven't been paying attention to the conversations going on these very much were a way to uh actually kind of tell you what's going on in the game uh from her perspective specifically and when you get into the later portions of this game it's really hard it's really hard because some of the, the entries don't even actually say anything sometimes they're just blank and it's it really does kind of speak to Kay's mood at the in the moment and how she's just completely speechless 
at dealing with losing her love, her her boyfriend at this time. And it's really a shame that, you know, she doesn't at this point have anyone she can talk to about it. You know, she doesn't have her little brother. She doesn't have uh, her, her parents to be able to fall back on. And she's left to her own fears and, and starts regressing as a result. And it's such a shame because it's you can tell like they're both hurting but neither of them can deal with what they're dealing with alone and there's there's no one to help back them up because they're continuously pushing each other apart through their actions the message in the bottle thing is really quite intriguing without getting really crazy on theories or anything like that it it definitely feels like she's writing notes and leaving them behind um for whoever comes next but then you're the one discovering these messages so then has k gone through this more than once or is that just a convenient methodology of storytelling yeah i i definitely struggled a, a few times with this game uh between design and intent um where i i had to try and figure out like okay well are these have are these things happening because this is the 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 intent of the director with the story or were these just things that you have to put into a video game for the sake of making it a video game and that was kind of kind of hard to reconcile sometimes um not to say that it detracted from my enjoyment but it, it definitely left me with a couple questions that weren't explained uh in the game that kind of makes me hope that you know with with like a sequel would probably help kind of dive deeper into some of the uh the stories like i would i think a, a single for the, for this game definitely could happen and could definitely dive into how this family is doing uh afterwards or another character's story and in, in how they deal with their issues as well as maybe separate issues that hadn't been addressed in this game. They definitely mentioned that they would like to do a um, sequel or, or more content in this vein. CSLTD was actually their first game, um, this little itty bitty team. And they said that after doing this game and going through what they have, they they see what they're capable of, so they know how they can handle things better or what they can do differently next time. Um, I don't want people to think that we're we're bagging on this game or anything like that. It's 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 more the emotional aspect than anything that is really rough. Um, the game itself, I feel like there wasn't like points where I got inexplicably stuck, except for maybe like once i know you got stuck once physically too like just landed in the wrong place and there was just not a way to get out um the controls are good the i think that they handled extremely sensitive topics in a very tasteful way um the length of the story is excellent like it's doesn't overstay its welcome but it doesn't feel so short that you you want more like i think that they did a really good job creating a good solid loop um and and the music and and it really honestly the voice acting one of the people on the staff did the voice acting and i thought she did an excellent job yeah that's one thing that i think really kind of humanized this game for me is is you can tell when you listen to this game that the person that is voicing it uh implicitly understands what the care and, and actually if if i kind of pull back the veil i'll i will fully admit that the lead animator was the voice of k and you can tell that the way that k moves and acts and responds to things in the game uh the words that she says um you can tell that she's felt some of those those issues uh I, it's amazing that that someone with that much talent ended up being a, a lead animator because you kind of have to be an actor to be a good animator you have to know how to express yourself physically um but to hear her voice in these scenarios uh with the accent and all it really did lend itself well to um making this game feel believable uh i don't think any of the voices in this game came across as uh phoned in and and the the music to boot um the audio design itself was really really well done uh just overall in general the game is solid the nice thing about this i didn't find out about this but this game is actually uh not only is it on game pass but it's actually fps boost enabled too so you're getting a oh. really nice uh 60 frames per second playing through it on the the series s and x um so i was really i was really surprised when i when i paused it and i was just checking things out and it said fps boost and i was like oh that's nice that's why it feels so good so they did a 
really nice job of giving you a, a real nice fluid game, at least for the uh, the series systems. Um, hopefully the the hopefully it, it feels good still on on the uh, Xbox One and, and Xbox One S and stuff. Um, but yeah, I really I gotta say, like it, it sounds like this game is is one that's going to be taxing on you. But if you go into it with the right mindset, uh, you're going to get a lot out of this game and it's crazy to think that a game that is this short uh, was able to convey that much emotion uh, compared to something like a Last of Us, which is, is still would have a lot of those same things, uh, but feel like it's a much more cinematic game where it's telling a, a full story. This one kind of cuts out a lot of that uh, kind of stylization or, or, or you know, storytelling uh, with kind of like there being a threat. Like you don't kill anything in this game and you still get the amount of story uh, in, in emotional weight that I think A Last of Us would bring you uh, by being a game about a girl going through this world trying to help her family and her loved ones. I was very impressed, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's got, I, I think you mentioned this um, in our discussions, but not yet here. It's got a pretty positive ending compared to some of the stuff that we've played recently. And it's it's nice to leave on that note. I really wish there would have been more resolution on, on the boyfriend story. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like that was an intentional segue for the possibility of a sequel in the future. But if it never does, then that, that's, that is frustrating to me. Because he his was the one that at the end of the game, I was just sitting there like looking at it going, oh, no, oh, no, I see exactly what's happening here. You know, I've, I've been through this personally. I've been through this with people that are incredibly close to me. And, you know, watching him slip into this depression and start pushing everybody away was really rough not having a solution or or knowing that he was able to come out of that in the end especially after this incredible journey that Kay has gone through trying to help these people in her lives and help better herself yeah yeah and i and i can't wait to see their next game i really do hope that it it takes on the sequel that they've set up and really gives us a a a resolution because that was coming away with it at the end i felt really good about Kay and uh how where she got to at the end of the story and you know it's it's a common conversation that we have about indies is that they they all tend to deal with uh very very sad endings um because it's a very it's a it's an easy way to talk about something that you're dealing with but also grab someone's attention um most indies you know you're you're either doing something that's mechanically uh taxing or you're doing something that's emotionally taxing and while this game can be emotionally taxing it's one of the few that I think really, really kind of takes a an approach that would give you hope and and not leave you out in a lurch, just thinking like, yeah, there's there's nothing that you can do. This is just how things are. And in actuality, it's like, no, there's there's a lot that you can do, but you gotta be strong enough and believe in yourself enough to be able to tackle it. And I think that everyone has that potential. Um, because I think every I don't think anyone is alone. As much as this game is is titled Sea of Solitude, everything that K was feeling was you know it was knowing that she wasn't alone even if it was with people who were dealing with their own emotions um that sometimes can help you come to terms with what you're dealing with so i'm hoping that if people give this game a chance uh which if you're at this point and you haven't played it and you're still on the fence just download it just download it on game pass and and jump into it because it's it's worth going through it um and really kind of latching on to the characters that are in this because i think there's someone in here that everyone would be able to find some part of themselves in and know that at some point you're going to come to a point where you'll you'll have a positive resolution and it's easy to look down and feel bad about yourself but you're worth it in that instance and and that's what Kay came to the realization too at the end of this is that she's worth it and i hope that she takes that strength and goes out to try and be the light that guides other people in her life was there i don't really have anything else to say yeah i was, I was wondering i felt <laughs> i mean you know despite my my small um issues with things like the collectibles or the the level size like overall i think that the it has a strong message and it's it's definitely a game that for four to six hours of your time i would wholeheartedly you take i recommend you take the time and and play it and experience it is a better way to put it it's less of a game that you play and more of a game that you experience the most play that you have in the game is just finding those collectibles 
the rest of it's all about going through these things with Kay and her family and her boyfriend. And, you know, I don't I don't get emotionally attached to games very often, not since they killed Aerith um, back in Final Fantasy VII. I took that really hard. You can laugh at me all you want. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know, it broke something in me, and I just don't emotionally attach as much as some people do to games these days. But this one really, it, it hit me in a place that I haven't really felt the feels for a while in terms of a game. And and I cried at the end. I did. Man. So well, I've I have questions about Final Fantasy VII because I don't know who you're talking about. But um, I think that's a good place to to leave. Uh, you're laughing. I don't. I've never played it. Uh, oh, you never played it, you monster! I'm not into RPGs. I don't know. I don't like turn-based RPGs. I've never. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. That's. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, that's probably going to do it. Make sure that you're communicating with your friends and <laughs> coming to resolutions uh, where it doesn't feel like you're airing dirty air or dirty laundry out on podcasts. Um, for those of you that do this, <laughs> we're going to end this. Uh, this game is Sea of Solitude. Uh, it is available on Game Pass. Um, we're not sure if it's indefinitely because of EA Play, but thanks to EA Play, we've had a great chance to experience a game that I personally probably would not have found out about had it not been for one this show and two the amazingness of uh xbox game pass so thank you all for listening i hope you all have a wonderful time and Kylie, where can people get a hold of you to talk about Sea of Solitude? Um, definitely on the Keel Hauled Destination Indie channel is a great way to get a hold of me. Also, you can find me on Twitter at either Kylea, K-Y-L-E-I-A, or Dest Indie, D-E-S-T-I-N-D-I-E. Or last but not least, you can always shoot me an email at destinationindie at gmail.com. And I just want to say thanks to everybody for sitting through this pretty heavy episode with us. It was a lot of uh, intense things that we talked about, but we love you guys. You're awesome. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to be here with us. Yep. And we don't judge anyone for not playing games that they haven't played because they don't like the genre that they're in. We want to make sure that everyone has a, a evil, evil ground footing for being a, a quote unquote gamer, apparently. Uh, with that, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always hit me up at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Or excuse me, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. At C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. Uh, write into destinationindie at gmail.com for the show or join us in the Keelhaul Discord. Uh, links are in the show notes as always. And thank you all for joining for another episode of Destination Indie. Thanks, guys. Okay, who's Aerith? Really? I don't know.